This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Lawrence Crowdenier. Lawrence is the Chief Scientific Officer at Celarity. Lawrence, welcome to the show. My pleasure, JP. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So, Lawrence, let's start with yourself, as we always do. Could you give us a bit of a background of your career journey? Normally, we would say in technology, but your path is more so on the scientific side. But if you could very briefly talk us through your journey, what's led you to where you are today? Yeah, like you say, I'm not a computational biologist. I'm not a data scientist. I wouldn't call myself like that. But my career really started from a pretty traditional sort of a biologist perspective. So uh, I grew up in the Netherlands, as I'm sure is very obvious, and uh, did an undergrad in biology there. Jumped into a PhD, really focused on immunology. I was That was an exciting field at the time. It still is, by the way. But focusing on immunology in the intestinal system. I figured if you want to do immunology, you'd better do it in the most dangerous place in the body, which for sure is the intestine. And really got hooked by it. That PhD I did in a clinical setting. So this was in a hospital group. So I had access to patients on a day-to-day basis, access to clinicians on a day-to-day basis, work with primary tissues, so bits of intestine that we would do research on, all super exciting. And um, once I finished my PhD, I figured it was time for me to leave the Netherlands and enter a high quality lab in, in the UK. So I did a postdoc in London, much more molecular work, still focused very much on the on that intestinal immunology business. So Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, uh, did that for a number of years. And then someone, it was actually my, my postdoc supervisor, convinced me to join the industry, which actually I'd never considered up to that point. But I thought, why not? Right, let's give it a go. I made the jump to to GlaxoSmithKline in the UK. I ended up staying there for about nine years and really haven't looked back. So the first number of years learning how to do drug discovery and development, it's a very different way of doing science, I feel. It's, of course, very much more product oriented and did that for a number of years. I did feel at the point after those years that sort of the entrepreneurial climate in the UK wasn't optimal for me. I was intrigued by biotech. So it was time for me to come to the United States. I had the opportunity to join Takeda Pharmaceuticals, again, still very much focused on that intestinal immunology, but with a strong business development flavor. So part of my role there was to basically visit biotechs here in the US that were doing exciting work in that field. And I saw for the first time how exciting it must be to work for smaller companies, much less red tape, fast decision making, fast failing and fast succeeding, hopefully, and a lot of exciting innovation going on. So from there on after Takeda, I felt it was time for me to join the biotech industry myself. I joined a microbiome company as head of research. And then in the last four years before I joined Celerity, I was chief scientific officer at a precision medicine company. And in that company, that was actually my first foray into into data science as well. Precision medicine and immunology had never been done. And what we first wanted to figure out was how to use data, how to use clinical data, molecular data 
to basically re-stratify disease. Many diseases, of course, are diagnosed and patients are stratified per their symptoms, but that doesn't always tell you, of course, what's going on behind the scenes at the molecular level. So what we had to figure out was how to stratify heterogeneous patient populations per their molecular profiles and find homogeneous groups there that would benefit from particular treatments at the molecular level. So that was super exciting to figure out. We also had a drug to make, of course. We also had a companion diagnostic test to make to actually identify those people. So it was a lot of new stuff going on for me. And we had a company to build. So we had to raise money. We did a couple of funding rounds with an IPO. <laughs> so all of that, uh, super exciting. But really, particularly the data science started to interest me more and more, really from a biological perspective, to think about what you can actually do with data science to gain a deeper understanding, the biology that would benefit ultimately patient outcomes. And that landed me ultimately at Celerity, where, you know, where we try to solve for a very big problem that I see, which is that we're very reductionist when we think about drug discovery. Lawrence, thank you so much for the background and the overview. Super helpful to understand how you've got to where you are today. And you've already teed up where data science and AI comes into play, which we'll get to in a moment when we talk about your role in a bit more detail. But let's take it from the top. Tell us all about Celarity, who you are, what you do, mission of the yeah. business. Obviously, it's part of flagship. So, uh, yeah, if you it can is, give us yeah. the high-level overview of the organization, <laughs> and then we'll talk about your role and the team that you oversee. I think to really start with a very high level, I think what we're trying to do here at Celerity is to change the pharmaceutical industry. If you think about drug discovery, how that's how the process works, it really hasn't changed for the last 60, 70 years. You usually start with a complex disease that you want to develop a drug against. And the first thing you do is really reduce all that complexity down to a single molecular drug target, often a protein in a cell. Right. And then you say to your chemists, OK, make a drug against this particular protein and the chemist hand it over to the clinician and they're going to test it. And more often than not, it, it ends in disappointment. Right. You're really hoping that by killing that one particular protein, you're going to solve all that complexity. And the more I was doing this in my previous roles, I think the more I was struggling with that particular concept. So what I think is really about exciting about celerity is that we try to resist this temptation to reduce. And that's hard because as scientists, you are trained to, to think very reductionist. But what we're saying here is, can we resist the temptation to reduce complex disease down to a single molecular target? And can we see drugs in a different way? Can we see a drug not just as something that needs to bind to a single protein in a cell, but can we see drugs more like we see software, right? Can we see drugs more like providing a more complex instruction to a cell or a tissue to change a more complex behavior? And that's really the promise of celerity, because if you succeed in that, and we can talk about how we do this, but if you succeed in that, you can see that your probability of clinical success will be much higher because the proxy that you have in a single molecular target that we have traditionally is very far away from the actual disease state. If we can think about drugs addressing a much more complex set of changes, we're much closer to the disease and therefore your clinical probability of success should rise. Lawrence, you referenced there, we can talk about the how. So let's do that. 
talk to us about what it's like day to day, what you and your team are doing and how you're incorporating AI and data science to help with these discoveries, insights and overall impact to the journey. So our company, Celerity, really works at the confluence of a couple of disciplines that have really moved very fast in the last couple of years. And those are systems biology, machine learning and other computational methods and single cell omics technologies. So what we're saying is, can we appreciate, can we learn to love complexity in a biological system and use computational methods to help us understand that better, understand the complexity better? And can we use computational methods to make predictions which drugs might impact those particular complex biological systems? So to be more specific, we do our sort of workhorse technology, a single cell RNA-seq. It's a technology that's, of course, become more and more popular. But again, what we're doing with the data that's come out of the single cell RNA-seq is not reduce it down again to a single molecular target. We say, let's map out what happens at a transcriptional level when a tissue or a cell transitions from a health to a disease state. So we mine clinical samples and help us understand what is the transcriptional journal journey between health and disease. And if we understand that, can we find chemistry, can we find small molecule drugs that reverse that transcriptional state back from disease to health? And we do this in various ways. And I would say all of the components have a very strong machine learning backbone to it. Of course, understanding that complex transition between health and disease requires a lot of computation. We generate a lot of data in our single cell technologies and we use machine learning to really help us in an unbiased manner interpret that data and create what we call celerity maps. So these are the journeys that cells make between health and disease at the transcriptional level. The second step really is then to say, okay, how what can we do about it? So can we find drugs? Can we find the chemistry that reverse that particular transcriptional profile? And we do this by using a proprietary asset that we have developed called an intervention library. And it's essentially a digital drug library. It contains thousands and thousands of drugs. These are known drugs, small molecule drugs that we have profiled for their transcriptional impact in cell systems. And what our machine learning algorithms allow us to do is to say, okay, if we know this journey between health and disease at the transcriptional level, does our digital drug library actually contain drugs that at least in part can influence that journey, right? So we end up, and the goal here is not to find a perfect single molecule. The goal is to find 100, 200, 300 drugs that impact the transcriptional journey, at least in part. And really the third part of our platform is then to say, what can we learn from that? So again, using different machine learning algorithms, can we tell our chemists which particular chemotypes, which particular parts of these small molecule drugs actually are important in driving this journey? And can we piece together whole new drugs that we hadn't thought of before that really cover this transcriptional journey to the best extent as we can? And this is very exciting because it will allow our medicinal chemists to actually create very non-intuitively, completely new chemical structures informed by machine learning algorithms that it wouldn't have had, wouldn't have thought of before. And that's, I think, to be super exciting. And of course, the goal again here is to come as close to the complexity of disease as possible and to actually make drugs that are optimized for the impact against that disease and not just create drugs as we did traditionally that are optimized for binding a single molecular target as a proxy for that disease. 
You are listening to the Aldist Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldist.com. I want to now spend some time talking about the team that is working on all of this. It would be good to understand the various people involved, how large the organization is, the various positions that exist, and what are the backgrounds of the people that have come in. Obviously, your background is very much on the scientific side, but from conversations we've had offline, I know there's a lot more varying backgrounds involved. So could you give yeah. us a look behind the scenes and help us visualize what the team looks like? Absolutely. And it's actually one of the things that really convinced me to join this organization because it's so diverse in the skill sets and backgrounds. It's really exciting. So our organization today is about 130 individuals. I would say about about 100 or so of them work in our tech and or R&D organization. So in tech, that's a group that basically focused on our single cell RNA-seq technology, sequencing, sample processing, all that kind of stuff. And then the rest of that team, about 50, 50 people are in biology. So many are traditional biologists. We don't want to be just an in silico company, right? We do test every in silico prediction that we make in the lab, generate more data, feed that back into the platform. So that's important. Then we have medicinal chemists, again, a sort of traditional staple in your drug discovery stable. About seven of them, most of the medicinal chemistry is happening, actually out is outsourced and has happening in Asia. And then we have a strong computational team, about 25 people. So this is a blend of computational biologists, computational chemists, and machine learning engineers. We also have a software engineering group that is actually separate from this, building all the pipelines and infrastructure and data processing and putting all the data in the right place. So everything revolves essentially around data. And to me, what's so exciting about this organization is that it's so interdisciplinary. I'm not saying multidisciplinary for, per in per for a specific reason, because the inter part is really important, right? Every step of the way, from actually creating an idea about which particular transcriptional profiles we should be interested in to finding our first drug hits, to optimizing our drug hits to get them actually into shape for candidates and all the way down to starting to think about testing into the clinic. All of this is run by these interdisciplinary teams that consist of your traditional biologists, traditional chemists with our computational folks working hand in hand. And we were very lucky in that we were able to recruit people who actually speak each other's languages. I remember when I was in university a long time ago as a biologist, the thought that I would go to another building where people working behind computer screens, it never crossed my mind. And therefore, I don't, I'm not, was never very well versed in the computational language, if you like. But now we have a generation of young people who really are working at the confluence of biology, computation, chemistry, and can actually really effectively work each other with each other and therefore come to dialogue that you have never had before. And therefore you come to insights and questions that were never, you'd never been able to ask before. And that's really important. And it's really very exciting to see that. Lawrence, looking ahead, when you look at the projects that you're working on, the team you've assembled and the potential impact that Celerity can have to the biotech and pharmaceutical industry as a whole, looking towards the next one to two years, what are you most excited about for the work you and your team are doing? And what are some of the milestones that you're working towards? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Of course, we've already achieved a lot. So the company was launched officially in late 2019, so we're three years into our journey. And as you can imagine, the first couple of years are really used to build the platform, build the capabilities, collect the data, figuring out what to do with it. And we've already achieved a lot there where we've proven that our platform, this sort of target agnostic way of finding effective drugs, can work and it can work in multiple different cell types. It can work in multiple different diseases. And that's helped us, of course, get to where we are today. We raised the series B, we raised the series C on the back of that. What I'm actually very excited about for the near future is that we're now going to approach the. So now we're going to not just prove that these drugs work in our cell lines or in our mouse models or in our monkey models. Now we can actually prove that these drugs will have impacts in patients. So. I expect to start our first clinical studies within the next two years. So that's really something I'm looking forward to. At the same time, I don't want to be a company where we forget the goose that lays all these golden drug eggs, right? So we also want to continue to invest in our platform. And like I said, we're currently very focused on single cell RNA-seq technology, but the single cell field as a whole is really exploding, right? There's a lot of other omics we can start to layer on top of the transcriptomic information we have. So like the Google Maps, you can layer it with levels of information and get much better idea of what's happening biologically. So that's something I'm very exciting about, excited about as well and bringing that in. But also from a machine learning perspective, I want to be in a place where we say, we look at a drug, we look at a chemical structure and without doing any experiments, can we actually predict what this drug's going to do? right from a transcriptional perspective or from an outcome perspective and i think the more data we collect i think we, the closer we can come to that particular goal and that would create so much efficiency in this whole industry we spend in the whole pharma industry we spend about 85 billion dollars a year on r d we generate 1500 investigational new drug applications in a year here in the united states and the FDA only approves 50 drugs out of all that. So it's a very inefficient system. It's not necessarily unsuccessful, but it's insufficient. It drives drug prices up. What if we could now leverage machine learning to make this process so much more efficient and therefore in the end bring innovation at a much cheaper cost to people who really need it? That's really important. Final question for me, Lawrence, as the chief scientific officer, you're involved with shaping the overall strategy, but you're also involved in building the team and managing the environment and culture. When you're speaking to candidates about Celerity's work, its mission, the impact, what is it that you tell candidates that gets them excited to join Celerity over some of the other great companies currently hiring? Yeah, I'm looking for candidates who, like me, are getting excited about impact legacy, the need to use your technical or your biological know-how to change something for the better. To me, that's really important. I think all of us here at Celerity have joined for this reason, right? We see that something's not right in society and we basically want to change it and have an impact on that. That's really important. The other thing I would say is, of course, the people in an organization, right? And the things you can learn from them. Like I mentioned, we have such an interdisciplinary way of working. I think it's really the future. It's really the future of science, right? Data will and already is probably such an integral part of how we look at biology, how we deal with problems. Here, this is a perfect learning ground for more junior people to actually work with other, with very different people from 
coming from very different disciplines and spend time with each other and learn to speak each other's language and learn to understand how we can solve together some of these big impact and legacy issues that uh, that I mentioned before. Lorenz, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Uh, it was great to learn about your journey, the crossover from pure science into the use of modern AI data science. Obviously, the work that you're doing at Slarity has incredible potential, and it sounds like you're having a lot of success now, which should fill you and everyone else with confidence in the impact you can continue to have in the months and years to come. You've described what sounds like an amazing company to work for, so we wish you the team, everyone there, the best of luck in the months and years to come. And we look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Yeah, I look forward to that already. Thanks so much again for having me, JP. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.